Welcome back to my podcast, Who Cares About College? This is part two of my interview with Taylor. So if you have not checked out part one, be sure to do that. Subscribe, and I hope you guys enjoy. Because I was always told, you know, you're brilliant, you're smart, you're so gifted, look at you, you have good grades. And then I was like, like I came out of my econ class with a C plus, and I was like, dang. So now you've you've gone into GW. You're obviously going. You went through your senior year. So how was it the summer right before you started? So basically the few, first couple of months before you started in college, how was that? You know, did you pick out your dorm mates? Were you super excited? Did you finally decide to maybe go tour the DC area or something? What, what did you do? Okay, so for preparation, but just quick thing, I, I thought it was kind of ironic how I got deferred from Miami, but accepted to GW. I was like, I'm not sure. I see. Yeah. See how that happened. The process is kind of whack. It's kind of rigged. I've had a friend who got into Brown and then got rejected from Stony Brook. So, you know, some of it's kind of like really up in the air. Someone got into Columbia, rejected from NYU. Don't really understand some of the processes. But I can like, I mean, it's kind of weird. I mean, the first one you said Brown and then Stony Brook, because I know different schools look for different characteristics in a person. Yeah. But... Stony Brook and Brown. Okay. I mean, there there are big discrepancies there. Yeah. Still great schools for pre-med if you're going into it. But, you know, if you get into Brown, I usually would assume. You get into like most other schools, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, yes. So my summer leading up to the first year, I actually went to Thailand for a month for a service trip where we, you know, did a lot of community service, built, built things. We scuba dived. It was supposed to be like my graduation present. So oh, that's I, amazing graduation present. Oh, it was. It, I was just some of the best, some of the best experiences of my life. Amazing. Um, so a lot of my summer was actually consumed by trying to survive in Thailand. But when I got back uh, early August, I had, you know, we had like a 20, 21 graduating class ED students Facebook group that you guys accepted to GW where you put your Facebook, your Instagram, your Snapchat, and you meet people that were all ED as well. So I had a couple people I connected with, and I found my roommate through that Facebook group because we both loved reading, we both loved books, we loved the same TV shows, and we mm-hmm. were like, let's room. Um, but I actually was kind of dreading going to college. I, I you know, was initially excited, but then I was like, oh man, I'm not looking forward to this. Why is that? Was, was it like the pressure? I just think the change, the whole different, I mean, I come from like the suburbs of New York Mm -hmm. and I'm going into a new city. I'm going to start my life all on my own. And not that I'm not, I wasn't like homesick ever. I liked new adventures, but you know, I had no illusions that college would be easy and that, you know, I'm only taking two classes in a day. Like I would wake up at 5am and come home at like 10pm daily from school in high school but I still was not like, oh, this will be easier. I'm like, there's a reason classes are twice a week. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So I think I was really nervous about that. I was very apprehensive. And, I, you know, I didn't have any friends going in. So it was like a... Oh, you were just by yourself. Yeah, it was bittersweet for me because I had... It was, I'm not very... Personally, I don't love change. Mm-hmm. So it was hard for me to go through that. But I was mostly afraid of classes. I see. Okay, so, but you arrive your first week at GW, 
you, I assume you finally meet your roommate, right? Did you like her? Yes, we liked each other initially. But I will say, first year, you're not going to love the person you live with. Like, no matter how much you guys are best friends in the beginning, like, it, it, you de- it deteriorates quickly because you're in such a close quarters 24 7. Mm-hmm. You see the best and worst of those people. And it's not like you could still be friends with them, but it's like, don't be illusioned that you're walking out with a best friend for life after that. Don't get your hopes up too high with your yes. first year roommate. I see. Yeah. Okay. And always set, be very clear off the bat ground rules. Very important. So was the, is that kind of part of the sudden change you were dreading? Because, you know, you live with your mom for most of your life and you've lived in a house in the suburbs of New York and then suddenly you're in a new city without anybody you knew from high school and then suddenly you're with this person. Yeah, you talk with them, but you're suddenly living with this person and you're seeing everything. So was that kind of like a bit too much for you? I think so. And I also like our our hall was all girls. Like our we were on the first floor and mm-hmm. we had a small hall. And it was all girls. And everyone was immediately really close friends. But I didn't exactly vibe with everyone. So I was always a little bit more of an outcast in that regard. So that made it pretty difficult for me to feel comfortable when I went home Mm -hmm. and lived. Because I I just didn't, like, I didn't really want to go out Thursday, Thursday. Like, I had an 8 a.m. Friday. So it made it very difficult to socialize with some of these people. So you didn't feel like you had a community when you came back from all your classes? Yeah, definitely not. But I would say my best like advice is that first semester freshman year, you know, I was ready to transfer out, but something told me to hold on just one more semester. And that was the semester I made my best friend in my whole life. I see. So, Good. So how did you end up making friends if it wasn't through your dorms? Classes. classes? Um, actually, I met most of my friends through lectures because, you know, if we're all in the same major, we all have the same gen eds to take together. So we mm-hmm. were pretty much all in the same classes. So that made it really easy for us to be like, oh, I recognized you from history. Now we're an econ together. Let's sit together. See, so. cool, cool, interesting. So tell me a little bit about the class situation at GW. So you did say it's much there are less classes than there are in high school, obviously. But how did you adjust to that? Because a lot of colleges doing stuff on your own and having the, you know, the self-discipline to do it. So how did you adjust to that? I adjusted terribly. So in high school, it was a breeze. It was a walkthrough. I mean, I went to a private school called Long Island School for the Gifted. So everyone always told me I'm so smart. I'm so naturally gifted. So coming into high school with that mindset and it being easy as well for me, I was like, oh, man, what a breeze. So in college where, you know, high school, I'd study the night before for an exam and ace it. That was not the situation. And it took me a hot second to adjust to that. And it hit me hard. So I adjusted poorly at first. But by sophomore year of college, I was like, all right, time to switch up my like, strategy. So it was actually pretty difficult academically my first year. I ask this to pretty much, you know, when I go on tour guides for college, I mean, I haven't been on many college tours, but I usually ask the tour guides and I've been to like pretty elite schools and GW is definitely not like a safety school or anything. It's still pretty up there. So did you, and you said you were gifted, right? So did you find it really alarming when you came to GW and not, and you weren't like exactly the top of your class or the smartest because in high school you see all types of people but at college you see relatively kind of the same people on the same academic level so was that kind of a big change for you 
Absolutely. Like my self-confidence and my self-esteem and like where I thought I was in the world. Like I had a life crisis at 18. It was horrendous. I was like, I can't believe it. I'm not, I have, I was just very upset because I'm like, yeah, I'm surface level intelligent, but clearly I'm not smart. I'm that smart because I can't do basic level intro econ. Mm -hmm. I can't do this. And it was because, you know, I didn't know how to study. I really didn't. I just crammed and I thought that was studying and it came naturally to me for those things. But in school, like it, you have to like literally beat a dead horse with this information. Colleges, it was very difficult for me because mm -hmm. I was always told, you know, you're brilliant, you're smart, you're so gifted, look at you, you have good grades. And then I was like, like I came out of my econ class with a C plus and I was like, dang, yeah. Oh, God. oh man. So I was very disillusioned and it was a big reality check, but it was for the best. And it, I wasn't the, see, the thing that really saved me is that my friends that I made in those classes who were also in the same boat as me when they had with their high school experiences went through the same things. We all just kind of were like, okay, <laughs> all right, new plan. I see. So you guys could like all relate on that and then work together. Yeah. I and see. we, when I say work together, I think we like barely got by together. Like, <laughs> like we made it. We we're like, let's forget about this class. Let's do better next time. How did your kind of, you know, you crammed in high school and still ended up getting good grades and I'm kind of doing the same and I'm realizing it's not working anyways. So how did you adjust your schedule to being at a college where a lot of it is just you learning to make your own schedule and managing your time so how did you end up going through college your freshman year because obviously you went through ups and downs okay so I actually this took me a while to get because you know everyone just goes to the library and like they sit down and they're self-disciplined and they get through their work uh, I'm not like that I don't have that kind of self-discipline as I've realized so I think the key thing that for me was finding a place I actually enjoyed working so what that meant for me was that I couldn't go to the library. The library was miserable and depressing and I couldn't focus. So I had to find a building on campus that had personally for me, a lot of sunlight, windows, some fresh air, and like a place where I can get tea or some sort of caffeine nearby in case I need to pick me up. And then mm -hmm. that's when I couldn't, that's when I found myself like the most relaxed and then I also, if I have a friend in the class, we would always compare schedules and then we would actually block out times that we would study together. So we would hold each other accountable in the beginning because at first we couldn't hold ourselves accountable. You know, now I'm a senior and all of my friends and I have different majors. I mean, we have same majors, all different classes, all different, you know, specific things we want to do. Some are conflict resolutions, some are communications. Mm -hmm. I'm in energy. So now we don't have the same courses, but we have learned through the process of holding each other accountable to like hold ourselves accountable. So that's where currently I'm at. But I think finding a good group of people with similar schedules and working together was key for me. I see. So in your freshman year, those friends that you ended up having classes with, the friends that you ended up blocking time with, are those still the friends that you have to this day? Absolutely. Yeah. Good. Okay. So let's talk about more about your friends. So how did you balance your social life? Because you did say that you didn't have a social life junior and senior year because you were trying to bring your grades up. So how did you balance it in GW? That was also a challenge. So 
before I really made my, my first semester, like I didn't, you know, I didn't make my like true friends. So social versus, you know, actual studying and getting work done and reading for classes. It was, it was difficult. Like I, you know, they don't tell you, the professors won't email you and be like, listen, you didn't submit this or you didn't do this. They'll just like, you do it or you don't. And they don't care. Oh, it's so, your problem completely. Oh, it's your problem. They do not care. They're not going to send you an email and be like, oh, you're in danger of failing halfway through the semester. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't even put your grades in until the end of the semester and you have no idea how you're doing. So next thing you know, you thought you were doing well and you got an F. So that's terrible. It is. It's That's very stressful. But, you know, in the beginning when they're hosting 200 plus lectures and they have only two TAs to help them grade several things a year as well as you know, being professoring for other courses, they can't, they can't do that. They physically can't. So I didn't know how to balance it. So I mostly just was social. I tried to make friends. Mm -hmm. I tried to go out. I tried to hang out with people. And I very barely studied because this was also when I was like, oh, I'll study the night before. It's not a problem. So I think the thing that helped me was mixing my friends with my study. So yeah, I didn't blocking. have to have them separate. So mm-hmm. we would, yeah, when we blocked together, I would be with my friends and we would do work together. So that's how I ended up. I meshed the two. So, and I have another interesting thing that I like about GW and I can't stop talking about it no matter who I interview or who I talk to. So you guys have this sort of system with your food, you know, your dining. Uh, you guys yeah. do not have like a official, you know, you do have an official dining hall, but you guys have these cards and you're given money and you can spend them in numerous places. So it's not just a dining hall you can spend them at or something. It's just money you have to spend anywhere. How did that work out? And did you like that system? All right. So honestly, one of the most appealing things for me when I went to GW was the fact that we don't have dining halls because I am a healthier eater and I'm very I'm like I love food. I'm a foodie. Same. I'm anything and everything, but I'm not, I'm not a deep fried. I want fries and burgers and chicken nuggets every night. Like I like different things and I like options and opportunities to try something new. So when I found out that we can go, I mean, there's Chick-fil-A, you can get sushi, you can get Indian whole foods. You can get a different supermarket that's called Safeway, which is a lot, you know, more affordable if you actually want to get groceries. Wait, hold up. You can go to grocery stores with those cards? Uh-huh. Yes, oh you could. Oh, I bought a lot of my groceries. Like, when people talk about freshman 15, I didn't really have much of freshman 15 because, we. I, do you know what? Like, we had cafes like Au Bon Pa, which mm-hmm. was, you know, salads and sandwiches. We can yeah, go. Yeah, I know Au Bon Pa. Yeah, with all of those kinds of places and, you know, actual supermarkets, mm-hmm. Chick-fil-A, sushi, Greek food, pizza, like all of those little shops were available for us to go. So I was very, it was very easy for me to manage my diet and eat well mm-hmm. because I didn't just have the options of like chicken nuggets, mozzarella sticks, burger, you know? Yeah. So I thought, I loved it and I still love it. I still, you know, to this day use it. That's amazing. Oh, my God. And the grocery part, because I was thinking the one downside is if you have to, like, find a place to eat for every single meal. But now since you have you mentioned the groceries, you can, like, buy stuff in advance and make it. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah, I definitely think it was valuable. Every college should implement that. Yeah, I definitely think it was valuable. And it it was it's like I'm currently living off campus, but I'll still 
you know, once you live off campus, your food and dining, you don't have to put money towards the G World if you don't want to. But I still have that because, you know, it, it also, you know, restricts me, my ability to spend money mm-hmm. anywhere. I see. So I think it's because, I mean, we have so many options. So it just makes sense. And I'm always, you know, on campus. It'll be it's just so much easier. I see. And you just said that you live off campus right now, right? Mm hmm. So you started this year, junior year, right? So, I, yeah, I lived off campus junior year. Oh, why is that? Did you just want to, like, try living on your own? I, li- I lived with my roommate, and turns out GW actually had an issue because they had a lot of freshmen they accepted, and they didn't have enough housing for it. So they started doing these things called rally. Like, you can put your name in, and they'll be like, oh, you won off campus. But they don't necessarily ask you if you want to be a part of it. And my roommate and I were applying for housing the next semester. And they told us, oh, we're not eligible because we're upperclassmen. And we've won the rally to go off campus. So we kind of were just like, whoops, got to scramble and find a place. I see. So how have you adjusted to that? You know, because you need to kind of take care of it yourself now. It's not just GW doing, you know, all your services for you. Um, I actually love it. Um, you do? Well, it's a good thing because, mm-hmm. you know, if I was in housing campus, I would have had to move out with the coronavirus whenever they, if I was, because, you know, they're packing students yeah, stuff yeah. up for them. And, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, they didn't pack my stuff. They threw some stuff out. I can't find some things. So I, it was easy because I was able to stay in D.C. for however long I needed to and not mm-hmm. worry about it. Yeah, that's good. You could go at your own pace. Mm-hmm. See, so, but how did you find going from GW to, like, the campus to, like, going back to your apartment. So how did you manage that? Because now you have your own place you need to, like, clean and take care of. It's your actual, like, you know, home. You own it now. So how how did that change for you? So luckily my dorm, well, my dorm, my apartment was very close by to campus. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't too much of a commute because, you know, some kids have to walk all the way across campus. Some kids live on the other campus because it's split, so they have to take a whole vex which is our mode of transportation so Mm -hmm. i i didn't actually find it too much of a struggle just because i mean the dorms i will say for a school that's so expensive they are very disappointing oh how so you know i mean okay so freshman dorms you you hear something have you heard of thurston hall i when i was on my tour that sounds vaguely familiar yes so that's the notorious freshman dorms where like it's the biggest dorms you can live with either three to six people per dorm. It's very old, and there are a lot of issues. A lot of people complain about black mold. Showers don't work. It's mm-hmm. just kind of grungy and gross. So, but it's like also where all the freshman parties are, you know. Okay. So everyone, everyone wants to live there because it's the most social, but it's probably the most disgusting building ever. And I assume you live there freshman year? No. Oh, you lucky didn't? me, I lived some, in the newest dorm building called Potomac, mm-hmm. which was... I mean, it's very small, but it was the nicest and the most renovated and newest one. So that wasn't bad. I got lucky. I got the newest dorm as opposed to all the other dorms, which were not renovated and were not new. You got lucky on that front, but not necessarily for like dorm mates and stuff. No, no. And, you know, going as sophomore year, I went in something called JDKO. It's also an older dorm. And mm-hmm. the kitchen, like it was nice. And I was glad because it was one of the cheaper dorms. And it was I lived with one of my friends and it was wonderful. But the stove literally did not work, and no one ever came to fix it, so we couldn't cook. Mm. Yeah, so we, there were a lot of little issues that we had discovered from there that made it difficult. 
in some regards. So I think when we did move off campus, even if it wasn't like the Four Seasons Hotel, we were, I was like, I have four working burners, the toilet's flush, there's no black molds. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm living the dream. <laughs> I see. Good. So you do you prefer living on campus or off campus now? Off campus, for sure. Off campus. Good. I'm also a bit of an introvert, so it's really cool not having... Like, if I ever need time away from people, I just go back to my apartment. I have my own room, and mm-hmm. I just close the door. Let's move on to another thing that I'm really interested in. So you are an international studies major. How have you used D.C., or how have your professors made you use D.C. for that? I mean, my professors, considering, like, I mean, you know, I chose GW for their program and because of D.C., mm-hmm. and because I hopefully will find, you know, potential career in D.C. as well. But my professors are some of the most incredible people I've met. One of my freshman year professors was in the danger room with like Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, when they took out Osama bin Laden. He like constructed part of the plan. I have other professors who will be like, listen, last minute, I have to go to China because he's like the number two expert on like Chinese relations in the U.S. And there was a whole conference. So he's like, I'm going to miss class. I'm going to Geneva. And we were like, that's cool. These people are stupid overqualified (laughs) for these positions and they're incredibly educated they're incredibly experienced and like you can go to harvard but these people and have some phenomenal education but these people literally work in the field that you want to be in and are experts in the field and they're currently in it it's not like they're oh they used to do it they're still doing it every day every other week we come in and he'll be like let me tell you a crazy story of what happened when i went to this conference And then other times they're like, it's classified. I can't tell you. (laughs) It's like, okay. That's cool. So have your professors, because, you know, they are working in the D.C. area and just globally, have you been able to find any, like, really good internships through them? So actually I was not not through my professors, but through a friend who had a professor who, like, recommended, like, her to do this. I had two internships lined up for actually – this spring and summer, but they got oh, canceled. No. So unfortunately, I don't have any experiences now because of that. But yes, there are plenty. Of, how many times have you heard someone working on the hill, you know, hill turns? Yeah. Oh, that's so right. terrible. So many internships are getting canceled. God. Yeah, I got both of mine. And I was very excited for them. They're also paid. So like that was excellent. But unfortunately, you know, I can't be I can't. And it's not something you can do remote. Mm-hmm. So but, you know, hopefully when we get back to school and things calm down, if they do, yeah, I'll be able to, you know, I'll, I'll text or email the guy again and be like, listen, if you have any other opportunities, you know, I'm willing to work. Mm-hmm. I so. see. Yeah, because if they picked you once, they might as well pick you again. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you've we've we've gone kind of gone through all of the college stuff. I'm not going to ask you about partying because <laughs> I don't know. I'm not that interested in that stuff. But yeah, let's it's, start it's part of the culture. It can be a part of the culture if you choose to, and it doesn't have to be. Did you find it very, how would you say, prevalent? Did you see, did people ask you often, like, oh, you want to, oh, Taylor, do you want to go to this party with me on, like, Friday or something? Something? I'll be honest, like, yes, freshman year, and, you know, you go to it just because you want to meet people. But I would say, honestly, after freshman year, when, I mean, it's not necessarily parties, it's going to clubs, because you have, you're in D.C., you have a lot of clubs that you can go to, and everyone wants to go to them. But when I hit sophomore year and since then, like once you have your friend group, you just 
if you want, we can have a movie night. We'll have some snacks and we'll have some wine. And that's like as crazy as it gets for me personally, because I was never into partying. But if I want to hang out with my friends and I want a glass of wine, they just come over, pick a movie, have some snacks, and that's it. That's our party. That's good. So, but do you know people that are very, they party really hard and oh, they kind of live for that culture? Absolutely. I see. Absolutely. I meet people on both ends of the spectrum. I'm definitely on the lower totem pole on, for that regard. But, you know, I have friends who are like, it's Tuesday, time to get lit. I'm like, okay, <laughs> stay safe, kiddo. Interesting. So do you uh, find in college, have you found like a really wide range of people? Because GW is rigorous. It has really good academics and it's demanding. But do you find people that, because you can manage your schedule now, I'm sure, but do you still find people that are kind of less caring and they still cram for their stuff and they're not very like time, they don't manage their time correctly? Yes, I do have a, I do know a couple people like that and it's a little frustrating to see that especially if you're working in a group project with them um don't oh, recommend that sucks yeah oh mm -hmm. but there are still people like that i think they're going to always be people like that in college in their career in mm -hmm. high school even where they think they can just sail by and then there are people who are like hey you just need a dc pl to pl pass and i'm like okay if that's that's what you want to live by go ahead mm -hmm. okay so in your high school experience what do you think that what do you think prepared you the most for college or if anything I, at all I don't think so like I had a lot of teachers when, my senior year they'd always be like you guys can't do this they don't accept that in college you know it's gonna be a lot worse in college and they try to teach us all these lessons and try to kind of scare us and be like you're not gonna get away with forgetting a comma in one of your essays in colleges and then you know I go to college and some of my professors are like that true but like you know, that we were prepared. And then there are other professors who are like, hey, sorry, dude, I took too much NyQuil and slept through class today. Like, uh, I'll see you guys next week, you know? Interesting. Um, so I don't think there was anything that really, like, high school was different. And it's, I just, as a rising senior, and I have two, three classes a day, I don't even know how I woke up at 6 a.m. and came back at 10, at 10 p.m., did my homework, and then did it all again, five days in a row. Like, how did I... Mm -hmm. How did I do that? I can't even get up for an 8 a.m. Mm -hmm. But no, I don't think anything in high school truly prepared me for it. I guess, okay, if you're saying nothing prepared you, what advice would you give to current high school students like me and whoever's listening? What advice would you give them for college? Because you kind of went through it all. Like freshman year was total like trial and error for you and then you slowly eased into it. So what advice would you give for us? I would say for the beginning of your college process, like when you're I'd say the earlier you start and the more serious you take it in high school, the better your chances are. Mm -hmm. I would say pr preparation is everything. And then marketing yourself in a pretty box and like wrapping it up with your essay, with your supplementals, with your recommendation letters is actually key because, you know, grades can get you through the door. But like what's going to distinguish you from someone else? Mm -hmm. So I think try to make yourself stand out. I mean, everyone tells you that, but. It doesn't have to be as extreme as writing a recipe for your college essay. It could just be having an extra recommendation or just an extra step for your supplemental. And then once you're done with your applications, um, as much as I'm glad to have GW as an experience, there are some things that they marketed and, you know, some things that they said that their school really is excellent mm -hmm. or is not. So don't when you hear the tours, when you hear the people that come to your school 
and tell you about their school. I'll tell you about it. Take that at very like face value surface level. And then you yourself really need to do a deep dive into people's reviews. Try to speak to as many people as you can about that school and not just about, you know, the classes. Talk about the administration. Talk about how the guidance counselors or or whatnot try to help you. See if any of them will tell you about, you know, financial aid process. How did the office, were they helpful? Do they really care about the students? Because mm-hmm. GW, an excellent school with education and professors, terrible administration. It, it's, you're, you're on your own. No one's here to help you. It, it's too big of, a, big of a school and not enough people they hired to really, you know, take the time to individually help the students and really get to know them. I see. Thank you for your very honest opinion there. But and you were also saying how in your freshman year, in your first semester, that was really rough for you. And you said you were kind of considering transferring. And you said, you know, let's make it through one more semester and we'll see how it is. For students who feel like that, what advice would you give them? Because you've been there as well. When it comes to transferring or Or just like like feeling about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think my my uncle actually gave me the best advice because he has three daughters who went to to schools. And one of them, I think, went to GW, actually. And he's like, whatever you do, your first semester ever is going to suck. No matter what, it's going to be an adjustment. Give it one whole year before you make that decision. You can start the application process, but don't send it out until you're done with your first year in total. Mm -hmm. And that's what made me stay. And he was right, because after, you know, that break, you come back, you're rejuvenated, you've been with your family, and halfway through the break, you're like, man, I cannot wait to get back to college. Trust me, you get bored fast because you, although you don't think of it, think about it, but you've acclimated to the new freedoms, to just being able to go out whenever you want, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Give, give that winter break a real hard thought process about transferring. I see. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you for your honest opinion, because a lot of people do try to, you know, sell their school and say, oh, my God, it's amazing. I love everything about it. There are so little flaws. And you did get the big reality check about GW. Yeah, I mean, wherever you go, nothing's going to ever be perfect. And I think about that for everything, like careers, relationships, schools and any experience you have. But you have to see and make sure that the school has the potential to be more positive than negative. So I think that was the thing for GW. There were more positives, the experience in D.C., the city, my professors, potential people, potential career path outweighed the negatives, which was, you know, the administration, Mm -hmm. the rigor, you know, acclimating to a whole foreign area. So I thought that's that's how I really tried to go in because, you know, I don't want to be disappointed with something. So I'm trying to be as realistic as possible. And I think that that's key. Keep yourself grounded. Stay humble about it. Mm hmm. Just realize that you're not going to have a phenomenal experience with everything. I see. That's, that's very insightful. Thank you so much, uh, Taylor. Yeah. I really do hope that everything works out for you. I know you're not graduating from college yet, but I hope the job opportunities and the internship opportunities are at least going to be somewhat plentiful for you because it would really suck to get out of college with no internship and then limited <laughs> job prospects. Yeah, I really hope the best for you. Yeah, I, I, I'm worried about that. But, you know, I do have like one or two internships under my belt from years ago. But, you know, well, yeah. definitely need some more. But, you know, it'll all work out in the end, you know, as long as whatever you put in is what you get out. Work hard, you're going to get good results. If you don't, you don't. No. Yeah, thank you so much. And thank you for the very thank insightful so per- the very insightful perspective. Yeah, thank you for having me. This has been really awesome, you know, getting to discuss it.
Thank you so much. Well, have a good day. Bye. You too. Bye. That's it for my interview with Taylor. I hope you guys enjoyed and I hope you guys subscribe because next episode will be my first ever interview with someone who goes to a liberal arts college. You do not want to miss this. Hope to see you guys then. Bye.